LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hey, and welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast for established church leaders by established church leaders. My name is Josh King. I'm the lead pastor at Second Baptist Church in Central Arkansas in a little town called Conway, and I am joined with my good friend and co-host Sam Rayner, who is a the lead pastor at West Bradenton Baptist Church in sort of south, sort of central, sort of the middle, on the side, Florida. You're just doing that to annoy me. <laughs> A little bit, but also just I carry a state of constant confusion on the regions of Florida. We, we are in a curious, we are in a constant state of curious confusion, however you said that. The whole state? All the time. Oh, well, yeah. we just, listen, at, as of the timing of the recording of this podcast, we did finalize all of our recounts. That's um, good. For the election. So we, we did finally get everything in order. That's good. We had a, we had a vote yesterday um, for our new student minister. And did you have uh, to do a hand recount? No, we did. You know, well, we all, we count by paper, you know, and so um, they were back there counting and we were kind of waiting, killing time a little bit at the close of the service. And I made the comment, I hope nobody from Florida is in there counting and uh, got good Boo. laughs, good laughs from the Arkansas crowd. Boo. <laughs> hey, Arkansas does not often rank very high in a lot of the list, but we can count. We can count our votes. So no. Arkansas is a beautiful place. Oh man! Whatever you say about Arkansas, you cannot deny. You the, can't just the it's raw gorgeous. beauty. Of, it's gorgeous, of Arkansas. And Central Arkansas, I hear Northwest Arkansas is wonderful. I haven't been there yet. Central Arkansas has so many cool little hip areas that you just don't hear about outside of being in Central Arkansas. They don't they don't brag on themselves. I think because most people just don't believe it. But when you when you hear. <laughs> And I bring people in from Dallas or Nashville. They constantly, two comments, everyone here is super friendly. And I could say after living here for a while, that's genuine. And this place is really cool, really hip, but you just you just don't know. And so it's one of those things like you're not going to believe it till you come. Yeah, two things that most people don't say about Florida. Hip and friendly? Yeah. and like Oh, young, the hip thing is definitely there. Friendly. No, I mean, we definitely have a lot of hip. I mean, but it's a it's a weird brand of hip here. I mean, we we're not we're not trying to be like Nashville hipsters. Not, not, no, not, not, we we can't dress like that. It's way too. Did hard. you just did you just mention knockoff Austin? Oh well, yeah. Of course, that's a, <laughs> that's a gift. For all of our listeners that live in the Nashville area, it's a cute little almost Austin. I like it. It's all right. That that's hilarious. <laughs> I can't believe I just agreed with you. Man, if I had to pick between Nashville or Austin, I don't know who I would pick. I like them both. Oh, my on. gosh. Austin, every day, all day, a million times over. Austin's amazing. But that's not what we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about today small groups. Small groups in Sunday school. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. I get that a lot. Like, people will ask, okay, so you have small groups, but they meet on Sunday mornings on campus. And so I think small groups has been defined at some point as, I don't know, something. But 
To me, small groups is just a descriptor. It's a smaller group of people. It doesn't define what they do. So at both uh, Saxy and Second, I have sort of adopted the moniker small groups, meaning that some of them will be in a Sunday school, traditional Sunday school model and style. Most will be in what you might call a community group uh, where they're discussion oriented, uh, that sort of thing. But just for simplicity, we want everybody to get into a small group. I think that the style of them fleshes out more culturally, like our older generations prefer that Sunday school model. Not all of them, but prefer that Sunday school feel. And the younger prefer the, the uh, you know, the discussion oriented sort of feel. So, so you can't, you can't see me right now, but I'm like mm-hmm. raising my hand and I'm going, pick me, pick me, pick me. I know the Well, there's actually a button there. If you'll notice that you can, you can raise your hand. Oh, that's right. We went on the recording software. Yeah. Click that button and then it's I'll, just, I'll it's acknowledge just the, you. Okay. It's just the two of us. So, well, there you go. Hey, uh, Turkey, um, go ahead and <laughs> speak. <laughs> he called me Turkey because I put a different name every time we record. Every time, every time. And this so is around there. Thanksgiving that we're recording this, so I'm Turkey. So today. Turkey, I acknowledge you. Okay, awesome. I, I didn't realize that there was a raise your hand feature. That was really <laughs> cool. So, and I and I realize that those who maybe have written dissertations on this and listeners who are more skilled will probably correct me a little bit, and that's fine because um, I certainly don't have all the answers, but I will pretend like I do. Yeah. Um, so small groups versus Sunday school and the whole like model sort of thing. Mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. I think of small groups, I think of closed groups. Now that sounds bad, but it's not really bad. It's, um, you know, it's, uh, we have a certain amount of people in here, eight, 10, 12, we're going to meet for a certain amount of time. Um, and, and, or do a, do a study that has got a closed end to it. It's closed. It's, it's got a start date and an end date. You may, you may meet weekly, but you're doing these studies that mm-hmm. you know, are eight-week, ten-week studies, and you're doing it with the same people. So when I think of small group, I think of same people, time frames, um, and hmm. typically perhaps a little smaller. And the style is more conversation facilitated. When I think Sunday school, I think open-ended, so open group. There's mm-hmm, no mm-hmm. real end date. It's just ongoing. I think um, not the same people. The, the traditional model of Sunday school is multiplication. So you're going to get in there, you're going to grow the class, you're going to multiply. Um, and then typically lecture style, uh, master teacher sort of format, maybe a little larger group. Right. And, and, I, and I realize that those definitions are not hard and fast at all. Right. But generally speaking, it's closed versus open conversation facilitated versus lecture style master teacher model um and then perhaps smaller size versus larger size when you're doing small groups first first sunday school hmm two takes on it i like it i think that i will caution against this sunday school is such a generic term that it can be used pretty pretty nicely and then uh small groups i think as well you may also go with something like community group or discipleship group. I do also have, I think, community groups. When I think that term, I think out in the community, meeting in homes, et cetera. Yeah, I've got, I've got a story about that, too. Okay. So, so we, um, I was at a church where we changed the term Sunday school. Oh, um, no. And part of the reason was because we're bringing in people from other denominations, and Sunday school implies just kids. So right. there are some denominations that our listeners are part of that you, if you say Sunday school, you're like, oh, that's for the kids. Right. Um, it's not Which is adults. historically, that's what it was during yeah. the Industrial yeah. Revolution. Well, Robert yeah. Rakes, right? Yeah. Robert Rakes out in England started this whole thing. I mean, and it, it's still going today. It's an, for the, don't be a Sunday school hater because, man, this thing was an amazing model. Still works in many ways. Yeah. Um, of so, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I love the story, the history of, of Sunday school. I mean, there's some um, teaching kids to read through the Bible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just an awesome thing. So anyway, 
um, we, we, we had Sunday school. We're going to change it to community groups. Mm. And, um, and it was a good move for us. I mean, it was the right thing to do. It's not always the right thing, but for us it was. And our Spanish-speaking ministry came up to us. And, um, and they're like, hey, we, um, we, can't call it, we can't call it community group because everyone keeps thinking that we're meeting in the community. We just need to call it Sunday school because they know that that's on campus. So for our Spanish-speaking ministry, we had to revert back to, to Sunday school. Um, so yeah, it just, it means different things to different people, obviously. And the branding of it, depending on where you are and what language people speak, um, you know, it may be in your favor or not. So there's really, and to our listeners, there's really no one answer here, obviously. Right. I was just encouraging, my point is to encourage you to not get too Christianese with Mm -hmm. it. Uh, there are churches that call things, certain things that I don't I don't know. I was talking to a pastor search committee one time, you and I both know the church, and uh they kept referring to these this this thing. I don't know which church you're talking about, Josh. Can you please share? <laughs> uh no. Um and uh I was listening because uh, I know they listen. So um you know, and they kept referring to this thing and it was a it was a it was not only an, a different name for the small groups, I forget it was like Adult Bible Fellowship. It wasn't that, but maybe it was ABF. It was not. It was something that I had never heard before, and I've heard a lot of these. I've been doing this a long time. It was a. It was a description of those smaller groups that I had never heard before. Then they were only referring to it as the acronym, and I pointed that out in the meeting because this was rampant throughout the church. Um, they just constantly referred to things in house, and it wasn't just the pastor search committee. I noticed on their website and in their bulletins. They refer to things by these unusual names and only by the acronyms. And I was like, look, for people outside of your church, even for ministers outside of your church, we have no idea what you're talking about. And you keep referring to these things. And why are people going to join these things? So I would be very careful. That's why I constantly push back to the small group. It's just a smaller group of people. That's what it is. And sometimes it's, you know, ours can get there. I think we have one that's like in the 60s, 60, 70 people. And then most of them are in the tens to twenties, and I get that some churches that's not a small group. You know, small groups have to be less than twelve. Um, I understand that, but just for is that how they always say it? By the way, everybody always talks like this <laughs> when they're mad. <laughs> Why'd you do that? Um, so yeah, and I would just encourage people to you know think through what it's actually communicating, and like you said, small groups. Uh, Sunday school, they have some definitions, but generally speaking, the context that I've been in, small group kind of communicates the idea that you're going to be in a smaller group. But yeah, other than that, by the way, my definition was more historical than anything sure, else. It is sure. certainly breaking down. I mean, churches are calling these smaller groups of people any number of things. What is um, the what is the most unusual one you've heard? Can you think of that off the top of your head? Ooh, man, I mean, you put me on the spot. I know. I'm sorry. We didn't we didn't cover this in our pre production. <laughs> That that um, extensive pre-production <laughs> meeting we do, <laughs> man. I don't know. I, I don't know. Strangest one I've ever I've ever heard of. Um, well, I've okay. So, have I ever told my story about the Baraka group? Mm, I don't. I've never heard this. I don't even okay. know what a Baraka is. Well, okay. You well, you asked the question. Okay. So, a lot of older classes will name their class. Like it could be a Sunday school or it could be a small group. You church can call it whatever it wants. They're gonna they're gonna come up with their own name, right? Which is another thing that I would push against. But go ahead with your story. That's because you're no fun. But because um, <laughs> I like communicating. 
Let let them have the name of their group. Coach. That's fine. I'm just not putting it on anything. That, right. They can call it whatever they want in there, but so, outside you know, it's a got, small group. We got, so my church right now, we've got the Seekers, the Pathfinders. They're they're of the older generation. They call their group a certain thing. And, you know, it's, it's cool. all right. It's, it's, it, I don't mind at all. Yeah, but, um, like, when a visitor comes in, do you call it that, or do you just say, like, here's a small group that might fit you? No, we, well, for the visitor, we say we, we have a—we call them life groups. We have a life group for you. It's called the Seekers group. Hmm. And most of the people going into that class are older anyway, so they— I get it. it. I get it. All right. Let's so the bar- I can tell you this story. Um, so it was a previous church, not the church I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted – we had worship the way the model was set up on Sunday morning, worship, mm-hmm. Sunday school, worship. So everyone went to Sunday school in between the services. And um, I was going to start with the oldest group called the the Baraka group. It was a Sunday school class, but they called themselves Baraka, mm-hmm. um, which apparently is a name in the Old Testament but at the time, you know, I was in my 20s pastoring, and, you know, I really hadn't learned a whole lot. So I had no idea um, what it was. They didn't either, by the way, because I asked them. I said, what does Baraka mean? And they said, I, we don't know. This was – I wanted to start with the oldest class. This was – you had to be 90 years old to be in this class. It was men only. So it was 90-plus men. Wow. Um, which you can imagine the conversations that were going on in that class. I mean, they are just – yammering on about whatever they want they all can't hear each other they're yelling at each other turn up your hearing aid and Mm -hmm. um so anyway there was the the leader of the class um you know a pointed fellow but a nice fellow um and and so i I was i'm gonna start with the baraka group i'm gonna start with the oldest group in the church i'm a new pastor i'm gonna go meet them and you know of course i walk in and you know i'm young they're old and you know i'm just like hey guys blah 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 and and (laughs) the leader of the group he goes sit down preacher and i'm like (laughs) I mean, they, when you're 90 plus at church, you can do whatever you want. You just can. Uh, yeah, it's it's just a rule. You hit 90, you're allowed to say or do whatever you want. So, um, so I did. I sat down, and he goes, "I got one question for you, new preacher. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask one question." And I'm like, "All right." He goes, "What uh, what cuss word did Jesus use when he cussed the fig tree?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "How do you answer that?" I don't know. You, you just, can't cor- you can't correct him because mm-hmm. you know if you're ninety or plus ninety plus you're not wrong ever wrong mm-hmm. and uh, I think he was just getting at me but I was yeah. very tempted to actually relay a cuss word back to him just and say, say it was it was this one um, and just to see what he would have done but so uh, so here's the irony I just googled Baraka uh, it is in Judaism a blessing. Which makes wow. sense when you remember your your Hebrew Thank there. You. Thank a, you, Google. A blessing usually <laughs> recited during a ceremony. So in a class, that means blessing. He wants to know what the curse word is to a, a fig tree there. So You just made my story even better. It's at a whole other level. So if you ever teach Hebrew, that's how you can help everybody remember that word. The, the, seriously, you, the, you have ser- – this, this made my day. So I, I looked it up. BLG. BLG is the acronym that they kept using. It's Bible and Life Group, which is a good – that kind of communicates what the group is doing. Um, so I think that's cool. But they just kept referring to it as a BLG. And finally, I'm like, I don't know It sounds know what like you're a talking. BLT. What if you served BLTs at the BLG? Yeah, and only refer to everything as acronyms. <laughs> I think that would be really great. Which is a – you know, we're, we, we haven't even bro- breached, broached, gotten into the topic of – Small groups, you know, kind of what we do and some philosophies behind it. But this is a good point. The way we communicate it is often, I think, a hindrance at what's going on. And we do need to be careful in explaining 
you know, our approach. And so some groups, like you said, um, so we call those supplemental meetings. We have those on Wednesday nights, which you kind of historically were referring to as small groups. They're supplemental. They're short-term. They're, there's a specific topic. Closed. Yeah, closed. Groups. They're closed. I know some churches, like I believe North Point is that way with their small groups. They kind of create them, and they're closed. They don't keep putting people into them. They create new groups, which is a philosophy, and I think you just need to communicate that. And so – we need to be careful with the way – if that's something we really want people to do, we need to be very careful with how we're communicating, understanding that they may be coming from other denominations or even our same denomination that calls it completely something totally different. So I think it's helpful to communicate what we're trying to do. But what are we trying to do? What do you, what do you guys do at West Bradenton? What's, what's kind of your approach? Yeah, so we're all in with on-campus groups. Not because, not because we're opposed to off-campus groups. In fact, we have some that do meet off-campus, coffee shop, somebody's home, whatever. And, and I am all for that. But we have so much education space, yeah. and we have four services on a Sunday morning. It would be ridiculous for us not to try to funnel people into a group on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. So by the design of our campus, which, you know, we're limited on parking, and we've talked about that before on the show, but um, but just by the by the fact that we have enough education space, we have a rockin' kids ministry, an amazing student ministry, so, you know, the kids and the students are wanting to be there. Why, why wouldn't you try to capture the parents on a Sunday morning? So for us, yeah, we're all in with Sunday morning on-campus groups it is more of a Sunday school model, although our groups uh, are not multiplying groups, um, but we do try to get new people into those groups. And when we grow new ones, we'll kind of like, we're not splitting classes like you would with a traditional Sunday school model, but we're kind of gleaning from from sure. classes to, to, to start new groups. So um, we, uh, right now, um, we we uh, do um, explore the Bible and... Um, for the most of the curriculum, we have some holdouts who want to do their own thing, and we're we're okay with that. And sometimes we have teachers come to us and say, we, we want to do the six-week study, and we're, we're okay with that too. So we try to be very flexible, not rigid. So we're more on the flexible side than the rigid side, hmm. um, but because of the design of our campus, uh, we're, doing, we're doing on-campus groups. Um, and the other issue is child safety, which we can talk about here in a moment. Um, right. If you, if you have off-campus groups, and I think that's a worthy topic, but I want to hear what you do. Yeah. Well, before you know, I, I kind of explain what we do, I do want to say we also have adopted Explore the Bible, which is sort of ironic. In most of our circles, I think many people would view Explore the Bible as maybe leaning towards the traditional scale of the the possibilities out there. But we found it to be extremely flexible, very good. And it does bring up a topic that we have yet to mention, uh, which is LifeWay. LifeWay is the producer or the publisher of Explore the Bible, fantastic materials, including Explore the Bible and the Gospel Project, also Bible Studies for Life, other stuff. But that's not my point. LifeWay has created this LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network, of which we are part of it, as well as other podcasts like Making Disciples, Ask Me Anything with J.D. Greer, New Churches Q&A, One Thing. And uh, we're excited to be a part of it with these other podcast groups. And uh, you can find more information about that in our podcast our co-podcast friends at leadership.lifeway.com slash podcasts. That's plural, podcasts. I want to make sure I pronounce that. Uh, we went all in just recently. I mean, we we are about to go all in the first week in December uh, with Explore the Bible. And 
I completely agree with you. I think a lot of churches went towards the all home groups type of a model, and that works really solid for, say, college, young, singles, newlyweds. But when you add the child element to it, it becomes really inconvenient. It becomes um, what you were alluding to. There are some, it's not dangerous, but there are some concerns that need to be addressed and, and, and thought through. And then also empty nesters, the home groups work as well. But uh, that middle group there, which usually constitutes a large chunk of your church, are better at the the on-campus time as, as far as, you know, waking up, doing everything on that Sunday morning. And I think that there is some convenience factor to it. I also just think that there is some um, quality factor to it. I know not every home group is this way, but the reality is a lot of home groups have their children in another room watching a VeggieTales video or just trying not to kill each other. And uh, with the with the on-campus model, most churches are equipped or ready to provide actual discipleship opportunities and ministry education for the children while the parents are in their groups as well. So I think that's a plus. I think it's a good thing, and that's the way we do it. Now, again, not if we ran out of space or if we just had another group that wants to launch a home group. Uh, we would still call it a small group, but it would meet in a home off campus, and uh, I think that's great. I, I think that that's really cool, but my standard is to make sure that Everybody of every age has something on Sunday morning that they could plug into. And uh, ours are age divided. We do often have, in Saxe, we had one. Here we have a couple that uh, kind of break all those boundaries, and it's just a mixed group, and that's fine because some people really enjoy that, and and they plug into that. But we're going to go so far explore the Bible that I'm actually going to preach the text. So the text for that week is my uh, my assigned text over the the whole course of our curriculum, which is kind of cool. We've got a creative team that is working out all the graphics and being super creative around it because Explore the Bible is just pretty much like Genesis, you know, 25 through 50. That's that's all they give you. They, they don't have a title for it. So we can build on that. And then their small groups are oriented around that same text. They have personal de- um, devotions throughout the week that are oriented around that. Then in the curriculum, there's a section called Talk It Out, where our discipleship groups, which are a whole nother thing, a D group, where it's like four or five people of the same gender meet together for accountability and spiritual growth, they'll use that talk it out section of Explore the Bible. So we're going all in, all like over our head in to Explore the Bible and really kind of investing in it and supplementing it where we feel needed. But yeah, I'm kind of excited about that. Good for you. Yeah. Do you have a timeline on that? I mean, is this, is it just open-ended or do you... You can do this a year, two years. Do you know? Uh, right now, it's just an open-ended question. Um, so we are committed through the. We bought all the curriculum from December through what, like May, and uh, so we're gonna so do it you definitely that through long. May. Yeah, I mean, in, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're 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 that committed to it all the way like four months. So um, that's uh that's kind of the way we're approaching it right now. But I see so much potential in it that I it would be hard for me to imagine us moving away from it too quickly. Sure. So this is the first church I've ever been at where the curriculum, the sermon, and your daily devotions are all the same uh, text-driven area. Like, it's not the exact same verse, but it's the same story and general area. So, Man, I, I like it. I, now, I'd be curious to see how long you could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, does it get stale after a certain amount of time? But uh, it'd be a great experiment. I mean, it's something in six months we can circle around and do a whole podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Preschool all the way up to 
you know, they say cradle to grave. That's we're doing it from preschool all the way up. They have the exact same kind You're of. You're gonna die with that Bible studies for life in your hands. Yeah, yeah. Cradle to the grave. Explore the Bible. Um. So, so let's talk real quick about child safety because I do think that this something is to a, think through. Yeah, and I'm I'm um I am uh I'm what, I don't say I'm passionate about it. That's probably the wrong word, but. You know, it's something that I'm very uh, sensitive to mm-hmm. um, in terms of, of protecting your children. So if you do, it is, it is. It is. It's uh, something that um, I hear you chuckling in the background over there. No, that was um, a sniffle. That was a sniffle. Okay. No, I, I totally agree with you. We should be passionate so, about this. Yeah, and it's just everybody knows that this is kind of one of my soapboxes. So I'll be careful not to be too adamant here. But if you do offsite groups, it's fine. I mean, I, we're we're a fan of offsite groups. We're supportive of offsite offsite groups. But you need stricter child protection policies, mm-hmm. not more lenient child protection policies in somebody's home. Um, the likelihood, and th- though it happens, and and it's terrible, but the likelihood of something happening happening on campus, if you have just normal child protection policies on campus, it's pretty small, mm-hmm. just because there's a lot of people. There's very little opportunity um, for people um, to do some harm. Uh, but in a home, oh, my goodness, there's opportunities every time you meet. So you have to have very strict um, child protection policies when you do home groups when children are there. You also need to check your insurance to check about liability. Um, if it's off-site, you know, in, in this way, are we protected under our umbrella policy? Um, you need to have high levels of accountability for home groups mm-hmm. uh, that you don't necessarily need um, for um, for on campus groups because you can pop in and any time and see you know on campus what's going on if you're a life group pastor or whoever. Right, it's easier to check in on them. Um, so the offsite groups are um, good and, and, and particularly in certain communities can be extremely helpful. Uh, but if it's in somebody's home and it's not in a public place, you got to be very, very careful with, with children there. Right. And the offside groups, maybe for many churches, you and I both have education space, but for many churches, they don't. And they've grown right. out, yes. out of their building. And so they maybe, you know, sucked in the small group rooms to make a larger sanctuary. And all that's understandable. We're not, we're not poo-pooing the idea of offsite groups. We're just saying that you want to be extremely careful with them. You know, what we're learning in child safety. You just poo-poo. Poo-poo. Well, we're talking about kids stuff. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, w- what we're learning in child safety with particularly um, sexual sort of um, molestation and those sort of things is that there is often a grooming process that happens between the adult and the child, the victim. And so... With people you trust and know. The, yeah, it's, people it's you trust and know. The parents as well as the child. Right. And so in the home setting, that there's just so many more opportunities for that to happen. And so um, it's it's much harder, like in our, we have very nice newer space, but it's all secured down. It's locked. You know, you I can't even get back there unless I have the little key fob. You know, you can't just walk into the children's area. There's big glass windows in every single room. There's security team walking and paroling everything or patrolling everything, not paroling anybody, but patrolling the area. Got workers just assigned to stick their heads in the doors, um, you know, just to kind of check on every room as they go. So, you know, it is a child safety thing that is just not, you're not able to do that in the home. And it's not bad, but like you said, we've got to be more diligent about that as we move forward. We've we've got cameras everywhere. I mean, we've got all these child protection policies. It'd be very difficult. I won't say impossible, but it'd be very difficult to do something on our campus. Um, And and the irony is... Very little control over somebody's home. And the irony is churches will spend so much money and emphasis saying we need to protect our children, 
And they, they do that. But then on the other side of that, they'll have these home groups that have none of those protections. And so you need to be very careful when that stuff is going on. So, uh, again, we're not, we're not against it. We're just kind of um, – Just be careful. Support, yeah, just be careful. It's have a, have it's extra policies in place. So we do um, So we do kind of a roundabout, the sermon-based – you know, briefly, we just have a few minutes. But we're actually picking a curriculum that I'm going to base the sermons on. But a lot of people do the sermons and then build curriculum around that. I've done. Mm-hmm. We did that down in, in Texas. Huge, huge uh, benefit to that, primarily cost effectiveness. We, we were a smaller church, didn't have the funds to – purchase, you know, um, any curriculum. It wasn't because the curriculum is so expensive. It was just that was where our funds were. So, you know, I would write my sermons, and then during the week we would kind of build uh, five, six questions. We have an icebreaker question, three or four application questions, and then one drive-it-home type of question. Uh, We'd provide a little bit of commentary for it, an outline, and we built this little PDF that we would load with the sermon audio. So that's exactly where everybody got it. They would just pull up their phones and open up that little PDF and they would lead their small group. Um, if you're thinking of, man, I really want to sync all of that up together. That's a great way to do it without, you know, being super, you know, expensive. There are services out there that will write that stuff for you, but it's, it's quite pricey, but that's a way to do it. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. I hear some people say, you know, it's better to, you get your sermon, you get this text, and then your small group or your Sunday school class will be covering something different, and you get you know two different things that might hit you somewhere differently in life. And I hear that. I do. I, I think there's a lot of valid arguments for that. That's where we handle it on Wednesday nights, the supplemental stuff. But the core, we're walking through the Bible together and being very intentional about our applications and how we're, we're moving together. So it's just something we're doing, but it's interesting to talk about. We'd love to hear... Uh, you know what you guys are doing on Twitter or on Facebook at EST Church. Any closing thoughts, Sam Rayner? Turkey. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat a lot of turkey, and it's gonna be awesome. It is week. awesome. Well, happy Thanksgiving to you, my brother. I hope that you have a great, great, weird Floridian. Are you gonna? Are you still in Tennessee? You're in Tennessee right now, right? I'm in Tennessee right now. I'm gonna go up to Louisville, Kentucky. For, to be with my in-laws and then head back to Florida. Two beautiful, beautiful places. Um, yeah, The course. Nashville and the Louisville area, and of course, the Bradenton area. Well, happy Thanksgiving to you. Before we close out, we do want to invite you to check out some of our other LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network friends, including 5LQ, which is five leadership questions on five leadership questions. Co-host Todd Atkins and Daniel M. will provide you with practical leadership takeaways that you can implement this week. In each episode, They ask five questions to different guests on a particular topic or on a book. So if you're a leader serving in the church, on the church, or outside of it, this podcast is for you. I think that uh, the three of us are going to be, you know, guests on five leadership questions here pretty soon. Ooh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. That's a high honor. Man, that... 5LQ is a phenomenal podcast. You definitely got to check that out. One of my very, very favorite, so... It is a go-to podcast for me. Um, they they have a lot of fun and man the, the guests that they have and the insights that they bring out of their guests I mean it's just top notch go go check it out but I guess they've went through all the top notch guys because they've got us oh, on that's it. right <laughs> we're gonna be on there I kind of just kind of gave myself a, yeah. a compliment the guests of five LQ are amazing that's my pride right there I'm not even <laughs> trying and I'm, I'm somehow managing to to give myself a compliment. Uh, but for real go check out five LQ that's right that's all the time we have for today and we'll check you next week. 
You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. EST is proud to be a part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network.